Hey everyone, you're listening to the Faith is a Journey podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Herman, and a brand new episode starts soon. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Faith is a Journey podcast. I hope everyone had a great holiday season and a great new year. This is our first episode back since 2024 started, so I hope everyone is having a great new year so far. Before we go ahead and dive into our episode, let's go ahead and open with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for allowing that time. So on today's episode, we are talking about the underdog, and that is the title of this episode. Underdog is defined in our dictionary as a loser, or the predicted loser in a struggle or a contest. As a big sports fan, the term underdog is something very familiar to me. I I have been talking a lot lately about, you know, sports and how we put our faith in sports. Um, with sports being a huge part of my background, you know, when something big goes on in sports and we're in the middle of a very popular season as we are, you know, we just got through college football season, we're in the middle of the NFL season and we're getting ready to start playoffs here in a couple of days. Um March Madness in the spring for college basketball, NBA playoffs, when there's a lot of things going on in sports, um, I tend to move faith in that direction. Um, So if you are one that loves sports like I am, um, you know, I I hope you enjoy these episodes as we put more faith into sports. Um, Someone that is not a huge sports fan, I hope some of these analogies still work well with your understanding of faith. So, you know, the term underdog is something that, you know, again, I, it is familiar to me. Um, I am a huge sports fan. Um, underdog is always referenced when it comes to winning and losing. Um, like I said, in this time of the year, you know, it's, it's one of my favorites that we have college bowl season, um, the college football playoffs, NFL regular season is ending, and the playoff scenarios start popping up. NBA is in full swing. College basketball is full swing. Um, we're past all of our, you know, preseason tournaments with college basketball. And during all of these seasons, when winning and losing matters the most and when there's playoff implications and ranking, rankings are important, you know, it's always fun to see that underdog prevail. You know, you see... Um, if you are familiar with any betting lines, you know where the money line is, and the over and under. Um, and, you know, when when that that big spread for the underdog pays out, it pays out well. Um, I am not a betting person. I have not been successful in the past. Um, so when I turned into a faithful life 
it didn't seem like it was going to be something that I was going to bring with me. It was never anything that paid off. I never got anything out of it. Um, but it is something that I do know a little bit about. Um, and I, I bring up the underdog because in a, in a faithful life and, you know, understanding where we come from and learning about Christianity and looking at, you know, the timeline, the biggest upset that we have in life to look at as an example is David and Goliath. And we use this example, you know, when beginning of the season or even in March Madness, you have these little tiny schools going up the blue bud, the blue bloods in basketball. And if you're not familiar, your blue bloods are your historical programs that win a lot. They get the best recruits. They have the most money. They're winning national championships. You have Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State, UCLA, you know, just to name a couple of them. Those are the predominantly known basketball programs across the country. And they open up with, you know, teams like Monmouth or your MAC teams like a Bowling Green or a Kent State. Um, and then you have, I can't, I can't even think of all the, the small schools that people start with, but then you have like a Delaware, your Harvard's, your um, Florida Gulf Coast. Like it's your, it's the true definition of Kentucky being the Goliath going up against um, St. Peter's and the NCAA tournament a few years ago, and that's your David and St. Peter's winning. Um, and in, in the in the the sports world, and you have the the underdog mentality. It's the the much 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 smaller man, the smaller team, pitted against this giant. You know, it's overcoming the adversity. It's winning against all odds. Um, and then when we look at it faith based. It's walking through life with God in your corner. How do you take on that adversity? Uh, you're pitted against everything. But you know when you're climbing that hill, you're reaching up towards your Goliath, when your faith and God is behind you, and he's fighting with you in your corner, you know that nothing is impossible. Our big part... Um, that I like to bring up um, in one of my favorite scriptures uh, is, you know, is pretty much overcoming adversity. Much of our lives is dealing with adversity and the everyday struggles. And it's something that we're taught through the scripture of Psalm 118 verse 6, which is the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. When something is tough in your way, you remember that verse when something is tough in your life you know that God is with you why why should you be afraid what is there to fear and when we pray to the Lord pray that the Lord is with you always that nothing is impossible with the Lord and we can overcome anything you know looking back on the sports metaphor with the underdog and in certain circumstances, I love the underdog approach. I think one of the prime examples of this 
you know, if you've seen the Moneyball, the movie, um, and the real-life story, it's about the Oakland Athletics versus the New York Yankees. You have the New York Yankees are your Goliath. Your Oakland A's are David. And where you see the disparity between these is that, yes, they play the same teams, they play the same schedule, but the New York Yankees have the billion-dollar payroll. They can go out and buy whoever they want. They can buy for their, all their facilities, buy the, the, the best training staff. They can buy everything. They have all the money. And on the flip side, you have the Oakland A's, a very small market team with just a tiny, tiny million dollars to sprinkle around between their players, their training staff, their facilities. And in the sports world, when you have millions and you compare that to billions with a B, the billions, nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, the B, the billions, is going to win. But it's that one time that underdog gets you, that one time that there's a giant upset, and it's the best sport. And it's the best part of the wide world of sports, the underdog victory. You see it all the time in March Madness, the start of the season for college football, and, you know, something that they say is, you know, the cupcake schedule, the cupcake season opener. Uh, A good example of this is Appalachian State. You know, in the early 2000s, they take $1.6 million or so Travel to the University of Michigan, big bad Michigan, and they come in and Appalachian State beats them. And then just two seasons ago, Appalachian State again, you know, 1.5, 1.6, whatever it was, million dollars to go play at Texas A&M to beat them. For the normal fan, the not crazy sports fanatic, you know, not being a fan of Michigan or Texas A&M, you love to see upsets like that. You love to see when the David versus Goliath moment happens in sports, and you love that moment that David slays Goliath. Going through competition and winning with God and the new understanding of faith in sports, there's definitely some times that I wish I could go back in time. And, and go back and play in high school sports, um, maybe work a little bit harder or have dreams and aspirations to play at the collegiate level, and having a better understanding of, you know, putting my faith first into competition, putting it in the repetitions, um, and having that faith behind me, and, and having that prayer and knowing that that God is going to help not just myself, but he's going to help my teammates and help the team come together with victory. And I think in certain situations, especially when you're looking at March Madness for college basketball, when you're a 13 seed to a 16 seed, you know you're the underdog. 
you know all the expectations are for you to lose that game. So you don't hold anything back. You have absolutely nothing to lose in that instance. Every single person in that arena is expecting you to lose. You're supposed to. But on the flip side, you have absolutely everything to gain if you win. Your popularity on campus goes up. Your popularity across the world, more people start paying attention to your team and your school. They want to find out more about you. Your enrollment goes up. There's so much more to gain as an underdog and winning because you're not supposed to. And I think that's the same thing when you're starting your journey in faith. At this point, like I've said in previous episodes, if you're on the cusp of following your faith and and following Jesus and moving forward, your back's already up against the wall. You've already put yourself in a corner. You can't back up anymore. You don't have anything else to lose. You are the biggest underdog in your own story at that moment. But you have everything to gain when you win in life with Jesus. Let me just let me say that again. If you're at a moment where you're on the cusp of following Jesus and making that transition to having a faithful life, you're at a point where you have absolutely nothing to lose. You've already put yourself into a corner. You've backed yourself up as far as you can go into that wall. The only way you can move is forward. You have everything to gain in having a life centered around Jesus and having a faithful life. Like I said in my faith and fitness episode, I love seeing recently all the athletes open up about their faith in pregame news conferences, their postgame conferences. I just saw another thing, you know, just before I started recording this episode on one of the Instagram pages I follow that had CJ Stroud, the quarterback for the Houston Texans, at a postgame conference, and one of the captions read, What is the NFL going to think that the up-and-coming face of their league is Christian-based. That he opens up every single press conference thanking the Lord, quoting scripture. Every post-game conference on the field, the first thing he does before answering the question that was asked to him is thanking the Lord. And it made me think that you have this big, big league, huge billion-dollar league in the National Football League, who, in my opinion, really, they care about their money, they care about their ratings. What are they to think when an up-and-coming star and potentially a new face of their league is very, very comfortable in his own skin thanking the Lord for everything that he has in life? I absolutely love it. You didn't used to see those things. Very rarely did you see big, 
name high-profile athletes thanking the Lord. And I think there's a shift in our generation. The early 20s to mid-30s, late 30s, there's a shift in our generation that is moving and, and following our Lord. And I love to see it. And I think this is an episode that I'm, I'm most proud of because there's such good examples on the underdog story and David and Goliath in our Bible to use scripture here. So I have four verses in total, two back-to-back verses from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Our first one comes in lines 45 through 46, when David states, You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. This day the Lord would deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. He says it right there as he's speaking, and he's yelling to Goliath. Goliath is coming at David only with sword and spear and javelin. David has all those things behind him and other people. But again, that's other people. What does David have? He has the Lord. He has the Lord in his corner. He has the Lord on his back. He's going up against Goliath, this giant man in front of him. And he is not afraid. He stands there and shouts at him that I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. As we continue in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we read 49 through 50 that David is reaching into his bag, taking out a stone and he slung it and struck Goliath in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down Goliath and killed him. It's not about the weapons that you hold in your hand. You wouldn't imagine laying out on a table a sword, a javelin, a spear, and comparing that to a little a little stone and a slingshot, just the image of seeing those laid out on a table, of course you're going to take the sword and the spear and the javelin. Ten times out of ten times, you know that those are the mighty weapons going into battle. But what does David have? He has the mightiest weapon of all. And I've mentioned it before, that our faith is not by sight, it's by belief. David believed, and because he believed so much, he knew that when he picked up the stone and had his slingshot, and with God on his back and God fighting with him in his corner, that David was going to win that battle. He didn't need to scream and shout and show off big muscles and be a giant of a man. And it came to be so that David triumphed over Goliath without a sword in hand. All he had was the belief in God. And God told him that he would be victorious. 
Our next verse comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. which states, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, you stand. And you will stand there, and you'll have the full army, the full armor, excuse me, and that full armor includes the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace are, fit, peace are fitted on your feet. You have the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Just like earlier when we're seeing David and Goliath, you're going into battle. It's not about the weapons that you have. It's not about the gear that you have. Build yourself up. Protect yourself with the word of God. Protect yourself with the armor of God. You can't be successful in half a uniform. Do you think it would be okay to go out into a football game and you're missing your helmet? Or you're wearing your helmet and no shoulder pads? You're not fully protected. So why go into a spiritual battle? Why go into a sports competition without your most prized armor. Make sure when you're moved forward in life, in spiritual battle, if you're still an athlete, you know, go in with the full armor of God to protect you and to propel you to victory. And pray that armor onto others around you. Pray that God will give the armor not just to yourselves, Give it to your teammates. Give it to your family members. Every single day, we're fighting a spiritual battle. Every single day, we need to make sure that we're putting on our helmet, our sword, our shield, the breastplate. Every single day, put on that armor of God. It will protect you, and it will pro propel you to victory in any way in our life. Our last piece of scripture for our episode today comes from Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. It states, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. It's saying that the promises that God makes to you are always true. He will always make his promises come true. And God goes to battle on our behalf, and he always conquers. God always wins. Why not be on the winning side? Be on the side of God. Be on the side of your faith. God goes to battle for you. Remember that. Keep that with you. As I start to wrap up this episode, I want to keep in mind that don't think of saying the underdog is always a bad thing. There's so much more that comes into the underdog saying. You know, I know in sports, you know, the underdog doesn't win, but that's not always the case in real life. Like, I know in our comparison how things work in the real life. So don't, don't take this as saying that the underdog is always going to win. I know what happens in real life in sports, that it's not always, you know, the University of Chattanooga 
is always going to beat the University of Alabama. Like, that's not the case. I understand the situations there. And there's nothing to lose as the underdog, but everything to gain. You know, I mentioned it earlier when, you know, I kind of teetered back and forth and I was on the cusp. I was standing on that ledge on moving forward into my faith and really opening my heart and my mind to following in Jesus that I couldn't go backwards any further. The only way I could move was forward. I couldn't lose any more than I already had. I had everything to gain. And I hope that's where you take this in this episode is that being an underdog is fine. Use yourself as an underdog in life if you're not where you want to be. Put yourself in a corner temporarily. Get an underdog mentality and fight like hell to find Jesus, to find your faith, move forward. You have everything to gain in life with having a faithful life and being saved and putting God first. With God on your side, the impossible is probable. Like David and Goliath, David didn't kill Goliath based on his own physical size and strength and not because of the weapons he had were so great and so mighty. He killed Goliath based on the size and strength of his faith in God. He knew with his belief that God was with him and God was going to prevail him to be victorious. So as we close out this episode, I have a prayer for everyone tonight. Heavenly Father, We pray to you to say thank you for the breath in our lungs and the strength in our bodies. I pray that you will continue to guide us down the path that you set before us so many years ago. And Father God, use us as an underdog in our own lives. Tell us daily that we have everything to gain in our own faith in you. We are going against the grain. We are going against the common misconception that religion is bad and religious is you know, against what the world is about. We're going against what the collective group thinks is wrong or not okay. But we know with you that we will come out on top. We will come out with victory. And our victory that we search for is eternal life in your kingdom. We're reminded every day, Father God, that we need you today, tomorrow, and forever. So, Father God, I pray to you with everything that I am, And I give you all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my soul that you will be there to protect myself and my friends and my family and everyone listening that you show yourself to those that need you most in our lives. Father God, with love and in your name and the Holy Spirit, we say amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for any new episodes and new content on our social media pages. Thank you.